Well, as always, it's good to be at Mount Airy. To make your pastor feel better. And he'll be watching this. He watched the last time I preached. He doesn't trust me, all right? So he'll be watching this. But Keith, it's because they knew I was coming and they just didn't show up. <laughs> now, we, know, we all know that's not true, but that's going to make him feel better, all right? <laughs> it is good to see you tonight. And I'm going to tell you what I tell our folks all the time. You don't worry about the ones that aren't here. You ask God to teach and preach and work in the hearts of those who are here. Amen? And we're going to worship tonight. It's going to be something just a little different than uh, some of the other times that I've preached here. And we're going to start by just bowing your heads, if you would. Everyone, just bow your heads for just a few moments and just listen to me. God, may we take this time very seriously If you're struggling with anything tonight, I don't need to know what it is. God already knows. If you're struggling with anything tonight, let me see your hand. Anything at all. Amen. Now look this way. How purposeful have you been in praying for whatever's troubling you? My folks know how I feel about prayer. That's one of the pillars, one of the cornerstones in my walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. And I told Kathy, I, for two weeks now, I've been excited. I'm trying to decide one of two sermons that God had given me to preach tonight. And 3 o'clock this afternoon, he threw them both out the window. And, uh, but when he does that, it's because someone here, and it may just be one person, but that's how much God loves you tonight. If you're the one, God loves you enough to send you a personal message tonight. Because I'm just going to share for a few moments. I'm the short-winded shorter. You remember that, right? You remember that, little brother, all right? I'm the short-winded one. When you know what you're talking about, it doesn't take long to get it out. <laughs> Amen? Huh? Help me, Dave. But in all seriousness, I want to share with you for just a few moments, making the most of your prayer life. It's been my experience, and, and we focus a lot on prayer, as Calvary Hill folks can tell you. We end every year, the last 40 days of every year, in prayer and fasting. Uh, and God is responding, by the way, at our church right now. I think to the 40 days of prayer and fasting that we just completed the end of December. Every Sunday morning, we begin worship at the altar, just praying. Because I believe prayer is the straw that stirs the drink in the life of a believer. And God wants us to pray. I want you to turn your Bibles tonight to the book of Mark, Mark chapter 14, I don't know that my folks have ever heard this one, I have a Bible that I have uh, preached out of, 
marked up. Every one of my children have one of my Bibles. Every one of my grandchildren has one of my Bibles or New Testament that I have witnessed out of. But this one belongs to my honey. Where's she at? This one is Kathy's Bible. And uh, she got it for me 20, 25 years ago. And, and it's all marked up. And when I'm gone, this is for her to go back and look through. So I told her this afternoon, I came home, and I said, the Lord just changed it. I said, he took me all the way back to your Bible. Uh, but in Mark chapter 14, beginning at verse 32, and we're just going to walk through about nine verses. I'm going to share some biblical truth. I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond, and then we're going to go home under the leadership of the Spirit of God. They came to a place named Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, Sit here until I have prayed. And he took with him Peter and James and John. He began to be very distressed and troubled. By the way, those of you who raised your hands tonight, that's where we live. All right? That's where we're at, distressed and troubled. And he said to them, my soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch. I want you to recognize in these opening verses the need of prayer as set forth by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He went there and he was troubled. And you say, well, why would Jesus be troubled? Why not? An innocent man going to Calvary, going to a cross for your sins. A sinless man who had never known any of these sins, and yet he would soon become the ultimate sinner, taking upon his shoulders every sin that you can imagine for all of mankind. He was God's favored son, his only son, his only begotten son. And God would soon have to turn his back on him. He was getting ready to endure both physical and emotional pain. Where else would he turn but to the Father? And see, many of us tonight, we too are going through great emotional, psychological, physical. You just fill in the blank. We are there. We're living there. Many of you raised your hands tonight saying, yes, there's something in my life that is troubling me. And yet, unfortunately, when those happen, things happen in our lives, we'll go to mom and dad, we'll go to brother or sister, we'll go to our best friend, we'll go to people we know, we'll go to the internet and we'll Google our issues, but believers are hesitant, I don't know why, but we are hesitant to immediately take our needs to a holy God. Folks, listen to me. There's no one in this building tonight that can do for you what God can. That's including your pastor and this pastor. We all have limitations. And people will come frequently and, and say, Brother Dave, I need to talk to you about something. And that's okay. That's, that's what I do. But I also ask them, have you talked to God about this? Don't come to me if you're not talking to God because I can't do for you what he can Mount Airy, don't go to your pastor until you first talked with God. 
We claim we, we believe in prayer. We sing about prayer. We talk about prayer. But when we have a need to pray, we're just hesitant. And that need, by the way, can be anything that disrupts your life. It might be something going on in your family and, and to Mount Airy. I know your pastor has shared, but thank you for your prayers and support uh, during our brother's death. And uh, we, we do. We appreciate that. It doesn't change the loss. But at the same time, I've never been sad. I knew where he was going, and so did he. He was ready. Sometimes it can be a loss in the family. Sometimes it's the loss of a job. Sometimes it's problems with children, grown children. Sometimes it's the issue of having to deal with aging parents and all that comes with that. Anything that disrupts your life should be driving you to God through prayer. So let me ask you, especially those of you who raised your hands tonight, how are you doing with that? How intently are you engaging God with your need. So the need of prayer. We come to verse 35. Follow with me. And he went a little beyond them and fell on the ground and he began to pray that if it were possible, the hour might pass him by. And he was saying, Abba, Father, there is no other word in all of Scripture that declares a more intimate relationship between a child of God and his God than Abba, Father, Literally, he's saying, Dad, Dad, is there, is there any other way? All things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what thou wilt. See, not only is there a need of prayer, but there is a challenge of prayer we see here in these verses. And that is simply finding where is God and what is God doing at that particular moment? Your world is coming apart. You, you're, you're just beside yourself. You don't know what are we going to do. And yet God may be very well working in ways that you can't imagine through the very thing that is troubling you. But we never think about seeking God and finding out where are you? What are you up to? We know Jesus did not want to go to Calvary. He made that evident. There was nothing in his life that was saying, I want to go to the cross and be crucified. He didn't want to bear the pain and the shame of our sins. But he knew the Father was at work even in his life. And he prayed Dad, it's not what I want. Your will be done in my life. I find few Christians, few. I find good, godly men and women, but I find few who are sincere in asking God to have His will in their lives. You know why? That usually dictates, dictates change in me. Often that means that things are going to be happening that I may not feel good about. Things may be happening that I don't want to happen. Just like Jesus, we don't want to go there. 
And when we pray, we should always pray specifically. We should always be willing to tell God what we want, how we feel, our secret desires. But the greatest challenge, if you're still with me, say amen. I do that every now and then. Make sure you're awake, all right? If your neighbor's sleeping, just poke him a little bit right now, all right? Somebody wake up Gary back there. The greatest challenge in our prayer life, if you want to make the most of it, is praying this prayer. Thy will be done. You know why? God's will may mean a missed opportunity from your perspective. God's will it may be like Paul. And God's will is that he's going to leave that thorn in your life as a constant reminder to trust him, period. God's will may be that you will experience great loss just so that he can get your attention and draw you back to a safer place. God's will seldom will ever make sense to you. But if I want to maximize and make the most of my prayer life, I must always be willing to pray, Thy will be done. I've shared from this pulpit as well as my own before. You may not remember it. But the greatest thing you can do as a husband and wife, nothing will build more emotional intimacy in your relationship than praying for each other every day out loud. Nothing that I could tell you will have a, a greater impact on your relationship. And Kathy and I have been doing that now for many, many years. And every morning, she doesn't have to get up and go to work now, so I usually wake her up and we'll sit on the side of the bed arm in arm and pray. And as I'm praying, maybe not every morning, but most mornings, I'm praying God's will. For me, for her, and for all the needs that we've been praying over. Lord, it's not what we want. But your will be done. The most difficult prayer you will ever, ever pray. Look at verse 37 though. He came and found them sleeping. And said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not keep watch for one hour? Keep watching and praying that you may not come into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And again he went away and prayed, saying the same words. And again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were very heavy and did not know what to answer him. And he came the third time and said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? It's enough. The hour has come. Behold, the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Of everything I'll share with you tonight, this is the most important point. There's a need of prayer that, we, that we've looked at. There's the challenge of prayer. But in these verses, the purpose of prayer. I don't want you to miss this. Why was Jesus praying? The Father knew his heart. Did he think that maybe God didn't know how he was feeling? 
You think that maybe he, he was thinking, well, God doesn't know my desires. God doesn't know what this is doing. My father doesn't know what he's putting me through. No. The purpose of his prayer was not to let God know something. You still with me? Amen? I don't want you to miss this. It wasn't for the purpose of God knowing something. Jesus prayed so he would know God. Amen? God already knew everything. Jesus continued to pray, pouring his heart out to the Father because he just wanted to know God. Conversation deepens any relationship. The more you spend time with one another, the more you invest in one another, the tighter the relationship. How many of you go to bed early? Let me see your hands. Oh, I knew I had people here. How many of you are night owls? Let me see your hands. Oh, mercy. I go to bed early. I'm a lark. I get up early. Kathy's an owl. She likes to stay up late. When I go to bed, now this is her story. I don't know if there's any truth to it. But she claims I fall asleep on the way to the pillow. (laughs) That's the truth. And I have fallen asleep Many times in mid-conversation. I mean, she was doing all the talking. And I have told her, Hun, if you want to share something, if you need to talk, please do it before I get out of the recliner and into the bed. Because Katie barred the door. When I hit that bed, it's lights out. But if you really want to deepen a relationship, You make time and you invest in each other. And the son was investing in the father, not because the father did not know what was taking place. He invested in the father because he wanted to know the father's heart. That's what prayer is all about. Because the more you know the father's heart, the more accepting you are to pray, thy will be done. Let's look at these last few verses. He came that third time, and look what Jesus said. It's enough. The hour has come. Behold, the Son of Man is being betrayed. You know, the privilege of prayer is that I can invest in other people, whether I know them or not, through prayer. We don't know this is pure speculation. That's the reason I'm not behind the pulpit. Pure speculation. But possibly, as Jesus prayed in the garden, making His desires known to the Father, He may also have been praying for his disciples. Dad, you know, I have given myself to your will. And I know my days are numbered. 
But these that you have given, just like he prayed in John chapter 17, these that you have given me that we have walked so closely, worked so intimately, and I've invested in. Dad, take care of them. Continue to grow them in you. If you have children, raise your hand. Okay? If you have grandchildren, raise your hand. If you have a spouse, raise your hand. These are people, every day of your life, you need to be pouring your heart out for. Kathy and I have two grandsons that we're so proud of that live with us now. Some of you are talking about how Bryce has grown up, and he has. And now we've got Andrew, been with us for a couple of years, and proud of them. We pray for those boys every morning when we pray. We pray for all of our grandchildren. We pray for our children every morning. We pray, Calvary Hill, we pray for you every morning. How can you say you love somebody? And not invest daily in them through prayer. How can you say that? Well, I, I just forget. Well, that is a poor excuse. Because if you love somebody, you're going to do whatever's necessary to invest in them and meet their needs. There's nothing you can do for people you love. Nothing. than pray consistently for their needs. Now, the invitation, we don't even need music, Dave. The invitation is going to be a little different tonight. I'm not being up here ranting and raving. I'm just trying to share truth with you. But truth that can help you if you put it into practice. I want you to bow your heads one last time. Heads bowed. If there's a need in your life that needs to be prayed over. Nobody needs to know what that need is. But if there's a need in your life that needs to be prayed over. I want you to stand where you're sitting. Just stand right now. Don't be ashamed. I've got needs in my life. Nobody looking around. Just eyes closed, heads bowed. If there's a need in your life that you need something prayed over. I want you to stand. Anyone else? If you don't pray for your children, grandchildren, or loved ones like you should, but you want to, I want you to stand. Amen. Like you should. I'm not saying you never pray for them, but like you should. Amen. Amen. If you believe in everything I shared tonight, I want you to stand because we don't want anyone to feel embarrassed. Go ahead and stand. Father, all over this building tonight, hands were raised, people stood, indicating there are needs in my life. 
And Lord, I pray that you would overwhelm them with your presence and your power and meet those needs as only you can. We have limitations as parents and grandparents, as Christians, as pastors. We have limitations as to what we can do one for another. But through prayer, all the power of heaven is available to us. And for every person that stood with a need tonight, I pray that you would meet that need in such a dramatic way they could not deny the power of God in their lives. And may they leave here tonight more committed to praying with you, more committed to saying your will be done in, in my life and my situation. And for those who stood tonight and said, listen, I'm not praying like I should for people I love. God Move in them, in their innermost being. Work in their hearts and show them there is nothing greater that they can do for the people they love than intervene on their behalf with the Abba Father. Lord, I have no idea why you wanted me to share this tonight. All I know is there's someone here that needed to hear it. So thank you for that one individual. Thank you for this church, Lord, the, the way that, that they've ministered all over the world. I thank you for their pastor. I love him. And Lord, just continue to bless his ministry here. And for my own church family, mm, you know how I feel about them. Thank you for allowing me the privilege of being their shepherd. Now, as we leave here tonight, May we leave here more willing to serve than when we came. And may we leave here tonight more committed to prayer than we've ever been. May we make the most of our prayer life. And I don't pray this hoping. I wouldn't waste my time nor yours. God, I pray this believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. And all of God's people said, Amen. Go home.